1: And away we go, episode 429 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Wednesday, October 26th, 2022. It is the day on which the practice week begins for the 3-4 commanders for their game at the 3-3-1 Indianapolis Colts this Sunday afternoon at 425, a game that will feature a quarterback matchup of... Taylor Heineke versus Sam Ellinger, uh, a game pitting two owners who can't stand each other in Dan Snyder and Jim Irsay. First off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yes, Danny, happy Thanksgiving. You know, we are now inside of a month until Thanksgiving 2022. Thanksgiving this year is on November 24th. This is how every NFL season goes. The season begins A few things happen, and then before you know it, it's Thanksgiving, and we're already inside of a month until Thanksgiving. Commanders Colts, the first non-1 p.m. game on a Sunday for the Commanders in this 2022 NFL regular season. The first game in a stretch of four of six games on the road for the Commanders, Uh, although, of course, playing at FedEx Field often feels like playing on the road anyway. A special guest on the show, the college head coach of Commander's Quarterback Taylor Heineke, former Old Dominion head coach Bobby Wilder. Uh, Coach Wilder is outstanding at talking Taylor Heineke And at Talking Commanders, Uh, Coach is a big Commanders fan, knows the team really well, and obviously knows Taylor really well. Uh, They are in regular contact. They play golf together a lot. Uh, And so Coach Wilder is going to spend some time with us breaking down Taylor's, shall we say, eventful performance in the 23-21 win over the Green Bay Packers at FedEx Field this past Sunday afternoon. You'll hear very good insight into why Taylor got off to such a bad start in the game, and then why him playing better as the game went on wasn't surprising. And you'll hear Coach Wilder address a number of bigger picture items with Taylor, including whether the Commanders are better off with Taylor at quarterback as opposed to with Carson Wentz. What head coach Rod Rivera is thinking about that? Uh, A key thing that Taylor has been told by offensive coordinator Scott Turner, how Taylor's pending unrestricted free agency is playing into everything and much more. Former Old Dominion head coach Bobby Wilder talking Taylor Heineke and commanders coming up in just a bit. Next segment, I have various commanders items to discuss with you, including a very telling advanced stat. for receiver Terry McLaurin, and some thoughts off a number of non-football, non-game developments surrounding the win over the Packers, what was, remember, Washington's annual alumni homecoming game. Uh, The abnormal truly has become normal for us as fans of the team. And also on the show, I'm talking Wizards. A good win for the Wiz on Tuesday night, a 120-99 ripping of the Detroit Pistons at Capital One Arena. Despite some injury scares, Bradley Beal left the game due to back tightness, but did eventually come back into the game. But Delon Wright suffered a hamstring injury. He left the game, did not return to the game. Uh, Still, the Wizards are off to a 3-1 start, uh, and they are, yes, playing Good defense. Uh now we saw the Wizards early last regular season play good defense and then end up having a woeful season. So we shall pace ourselves in praising the Wiz, but so far, so good. You can tweet me at Algaldi. You can email me, the Algaldi Podcast at Yahoo.com. Email from Justin on the Commanders this past March, having traded for quarterback Carson Wentz and not having traded. For quarterback Russell Wilson writes, Justin, did we not dodge a bullet in not landing dangerous? (laughs) I have to say I was extremely disappointed when Russell Wilson wasn't traded to our beloved franchise. But now all of a sudden, it seems that it was a blessing in disguise. Carson hasn't been great. We all know that. But my goodness, at least the franchise didn't sell its soul to acquire him. Just curious on your thoughts on the whole situation. Keep up the great work. Let Russ cook dot, dot, dot at Waffle House. Hail to the Mandos. Uh, Thank you for the email, Justin. Yes, hail to the Mandos. Uh, So the ESPN total QBR stat, it is not gospel, but it is something that I like to look at because I do think that it is the best one-stop shop stat out there for quarterback play. Uh, We, for this 2022 NFL regular season, have 32 quarterbacks who qualify for for the total QBR rankings. Carson Wentz is 30th in total QBR. Russell Wilson is 29th in total QBR. And while, yes, the Commanders did give up multiple draft picks to the Indianapolis Colts for Carson, the Commanders did not give up any first-round picks, and the Commanders this offseason can cut Carson without incurring any salary cap dead money. The Denver Broncos, on the other hand, uh, here were the terms of the trade with the Seattle Seahawks for Danger Russ. The Broncos traded two first-round picks, those picks coming in the 2022 and 2023 NFL drafts, two second-round picks, those picks coming in 2022 and 2023, a 2022 fifth-round pick, and three players, quarterback Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant, And interior defensive lineman Shelby Harris to the Seahawks for Russell Wilson and a 2022 fourth round pick. So the Broncos traded five draft picks and three players to the Seahawks for Russell Wilson and a fourth round pick. And the Broncos on September 1st announced having agreed with Russell Wilson on a five year contract extension that runs through the 2028 season. The extension is a five-year, $245 million extension. Uh, That, my friends, is what you call a big matzo ball. Look, ain't no Commanders fan throwing a parade over the Carson Wentz acquisition. I get that. But geez, what the Commanders gave up for and are committed to with Carson Wentz, peanuts compared to what the Broncos gave up for and are committed to with Russell Wilson. And yes, the commanders did very much want Russell and then pivoted to Carson. Russell was their first choice. It's no coincidence that the news of the Seahawks trading Russell to the Broncos broke on March 8th, and then the news of the Colts trading Carson to the commanders broke on March 9th. Email from Rich on the commander's head coach, Ron Rivera, who also is in charge of the team's player personnel, as this is, remember, a coach-centric approach, writes Rich, in the preseason, Taylor Heineke was sharp. His throws were quick and accurate, and the offense moved well. Carson Wentz looked like Carson Wentz. If Heineke comes in and plays well, and the offense is measurably better as a whole, what does that say about Rivera and his personnel decisions? $28 million and two picks for a guy who most people are happy is on IR? William Jackson is on the bench, making a good share of the cap. Jamin Davis has ascended to a mind blowing overall grade for Pro Football Focus of 54.6. Andrew Norwell and Trey Turner are double dipping, cashing game checks and Social Security. Worst of all, Troy Apke is back on the roster. Not every pick or signing works out, but these are glaring failures and an accumulation of wasted capital can Rivera, the coach, overcome Rivera, the GM? Doubtful. Uh, Thank you for the email, Rich. Uh, Yeah, you know, we have not talked about the Troy Apke situation. Uh, Corner Troy Apke, a.k.a. Trap, uh, the commanders this past Friday re-signed Apke to the practice squad off on October 5th, having released him from the practice squad. Troy Apke, trap. You can't get rid of him like a cockroach after the apocalypse. He's still crawling around. Uh, so, you know, I've been thinking about Washington's player personnel during Ron's time as head coach in the coach-centric approach. Uh, the truth is that the results are mixed. Uh, there are some definite failures, or at least moves that right now do not look so good. Uh, corner William Jackson the third, quarterback Carson Wentz, guards Andrew Norwell and Trey Turner. Uh, I am not ready to put linebacker Jamin Davis in the category of fail. He has been better lately. I do think that he could work out. Uh, Receiver Curtis Samuel, you know, that signing was a disaster last season. That signing looks pretty good right now. He's having a nice season. The real hits from Washington player personnel under Ron Rivera have come in the second and third waves of free agency and with mid to late draft picks And with waiver claims, uh, players acquired by Washington as low-cost, unrestricted free agent signings during the Ron Rivera era include tight end Logan Thomas, running back J.D. McKissick, offensive lineman Charles Leno Jr., Cornelius Lucas, and Wes Schweitzer, corner Ronald Darby, edge defender F.A. Obata. Uh, Players acquired by Washington as day two and day three draft picks during the Rod Rivera era include running back Antonio Gibson, safety Cameron Curl, edge defender James Smith-Williams, right tackle Samuel Cosme, corner Benjamin St. Juice, safety Derek Forrest. Uh, Waiver wire acquisitions by Washington during the Rod Rivera era include edge defender Casey Tuhill, corner Rashad Wildgoose, interior defensive lineman John Ridgway. Uh, there's some real production out of all of those players who I just went through. And, you know, I'm not saying that Ron Rivera has been outstanding at player personnel during his time as Washington head coach, but there have been enough hits to where what I think is fair to say is that the results have been mixed. Now, maybe the results have not been good enough. Time will tell. But the results overall have been mixed. And what's interesting is that the hits have all been lower cost, lower capital moves, well, the cost of buying a home in the Washington, D.C. area right now is going down thanks to the increases in mortgage rates, which have led to higher inventory. Supply is up, demand is down. That means lower prices. There are some real bargains out there. Contact real estate agent Kellen Hunt. Visit closeitwithkel.com. That's with Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kel that Al Galdi sent you. Kellen Hunt is great. He has a mastery of the Washington, D.C. area real estate market, but you know he's not just some know-it-all. Uh, he is here for you to listen to you, to hear what you want, and then determine the best way of going about getting you what you want, no matter your age or situation in life. His website says it all, closeitwithkel.com. Kellen Hunt is a closer. Kellen Hunt will close you buying the home that you want, and Kellen is willing to put a portion of his commission back in your pocket so you, the buyer, get a piece of the action. If you are looking to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, if anyone who you know is looking to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, now is the time to buy and the name to know is Kellen Hunt. Visit closeitwithkel.com. That's K-E-L-L dot com. Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kel that Al Galdi sent you. If you are trying to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, you will do well by going with Kel. Visit CloseItWithKel.com and tell Kel that Al Galdi sent you. If you would like to sponsor the Al Galdi Podcast, if you would like to advertise your business or practice on the pod and reach thousands of people every episode and put the power of the pod to work for you, hit us up. The email address is the podcast at yahoo.com. Before we get to our special guest, the college head coach of Commanders quarterback, Taylor Heideke, former Old Dominion head coach, Bobby Wilder, Talking Taylor and Commanders. I do have a few Commanders items that I want to get into with you. First of all, The Commanders on Tuesday announced a roster move. Uh, They announced the signing of corner Danny Johnson from the practice squad to the active roster. Uh, The Commanders this past March re-signed Johnson as an unrestricted free agent. They, on August 30th in the cut down to 53, released Johnson, but they the next day signed him to their practice squad, and he had been on that until Tuesday. Uh, This is Danny Johnson's age 27 season, and actually... Fifth consecutive season with Washington, which first signed him in April 2018 as an undrafted free agent at a Southern University. He's actually one of the longer-tendered players on the team. If you don't count him having been cut by the team and multiple cutdowns to 53, he keeps being brought back by the team and then eventually promoted to the active roster. So he's been on the team each of the last five seasons now, 2018 through 2022. It was in October of last year that Washington signed Johnson from the practice squad to the active roster, and he ended up playing a good bit as the season went on. He became Washington's primary nickel corner as the season went on. Uh, Keep in mind that the commanders did just place a corner on the reserve injured list. They, this past Friday, placed corner Tariq Castro-Fields on the reserve injured list. Due to a knee injury. Uh, also, the latest DVOA stats from Football Outsiders are out. You know that that gets me excited. <laughs> DVOA stands for Defense Adjusted Value Over Average. It's a measure of per play efficiency that factors in all kinds of things down, distance, score, time of the game, quality of opponent. Commanders receiver Terry McLaurin through week seven is number seven among 62 qualified receivers in the NFL. In receiving DVOA for the 2022 regular season. And I bring this up off the great game that Terry had in the 23-21 win over the Green Bay Packers at FedEx Field this past Sunday afternoon. If you just look at the box score, you see that Terry had a good game, but, you know, nothing special. Five receptions for 73 yards and a touchdown on eight targets. But if you watched the game, uh, you know darn well the impact that Terry had in that game right multiple big catches the third quarter 37 yard touchdown reception two huge catches on the commander's final offensive drive which came off the packers having just cut the commander's lead to 23 21 now the drive did result in a late fourth quarter punt but the second snap of the drive quarterback taylor heineke a second and six 14 yard shotgun completion Terry McLaurin on a screen, and Terry did an excellent job of staying in bounds on the play and battling corner Jair Alexander, who made the tackle. Uh, The Packers were forced to use their first, second half timeout. And then on the fifth snap of the drive, third and nine for the commanders at their 44, Taylor Heineke, while being pressured by interior defensive lineman Kenny Clark, a 12 yard shotgun completion to Terry McLaurin, who battled back to make a leaping catch in front of corner Jair Alexander. You know, I was thinking about the Commanders win over the Packers. Man, did this game highlight the significance of having a true stud number one receiver. I mean, Terry McLaurin was arguably the MVP of the game, while the Packers in the game so clearly missed Receiver Devontae Adams, right? The Packers traded Adams to the Las Vegas Raiders this past March. And, you know, yes, generally speaking, quarterbacks make receivers more than receivers make quarterbacks. And the Packers do have as their starting quarterback the great Aaron Rodgers, but truly great receivers, true stud, number one receivers very much can elevate quarterbacks. And Terry McLaurin this past Sunday afternoon was a force who played a major role in Taylor Heineke being as productive as he was As the game went on, and for the Packers, as great as the great Aaron Rodgers is, he can only do so much right now with that Packers receiving core. And yes, the Packers receiving core is banged up big time. The Packers last Sunday placed receiver Randall Cobb on the reserve injured list due to an ankle injury. Uh, Packers receiver Christian Watson for the game this past Sunday afternoon was inactive due to a hamstring injury. And then Packers receiver Alan Lazard during the game suffered a shoulder injury. Also, with the Commanders win over the Packers at FedEx Field this past Sunday afternoon, of course, was the game being Washington's annual alumni homecoming game. And I haven't spent a lot of time on the podcast discussing the non-football stuff from the game because, honestly, I feel like there's a real fatigue with all of the non-football stuff with the Commanders. We are in the middle of the season The Commanders on Sunday afternoon did get a big win over the Packers. There was a lot to the actual game. I've wanted to talk about the game. I've wanted to talk about, you know, the actual football with the football team. And the sense that I very much get from a lot of you is that that's what you want, too. But, of course, you can't just ignore all of the non-football stuff. And I did have this thought about all of the non-football stuff surrounding the football game on Sunday afternoon. So, as you likely know, the lead up to the game and the homecoming festivities surrounding the game were, shall we say, not ideal. I mean, think of everything that went down. We, in the days leading up to the game, had the reveal that former Redskins tight end Chris Cooley would not be attending the homecoming weekend due to not wanting to attend the homecoming weekend. He said this on the Kevin Sheehan Show podcast. And, you know, Cooley took this approach despite having been voted as one of the greatest members in the history of the franchise in a next 10 vote to get to 90 all-time great members of the franchise in honor of the 90th anniversary of the franchise's first season of 1932. So we had the Cooley thing. We also, in the days leading up to the game, had the bounced check thing. Commander's fan Drew Shipley during the win over the Jacksonville Jaguars at FedEx Field on September 11th, won the team's 50-50 raffle at the game. What he won was a check for $14,882, but he did not receive the check until October 13th, and then the check ended up bouncing. Uh, His bank account went negative, and on top of that, he owed a $15 back check fee. Uh, The commanders ended up sending an electronic payment straight to Shipley's bank account after the incident, said a team spokesperson to WUSA 9, quote, we reached out directly to the fan as soon as we learned about it and have wired the money directly to his account and apologized for the inconvenience. It was a bank error, and we are following up with the bank to learn why it happened and ensure it doesn't happen again end quote. Okay, who knows what is true and what isn't? Believe what you want, but that bounced check story was a terrible look for the Commanders. Uh, then we, during the Commanders' win over the Packers, had the co-owner and co-CEO, Tanya Snyder, being booed loudly during her appearance on a breast cancer awareness video on the Jumbotron. Fans at FedEx Field then launched into a sell the team chant. Uh, we also, during the game, had a lot of And I mean a lot of Packers fans at FedEx Field. I mean, that's not shocking at this point. But, you know, we during the game, we during the alumni homecoming game had very loud chants of Go Pack Go. And then we hours after the game had the Mark Mosley thing. Uh, Mark Mosley Jr., the son of Redskins all-time great kicker Mark Mosley tweeted out a photo of his dad at the game wearing a name tag with his last name spelled incorrectly, as the name was spelled M-O-S-L-E-Y, the way that you spell Mosley for Mark Mosley is M-O-S-E-L-E-Y, and wrote Mark Mosley Jr. above the photo that he tweeted out, quote, can't even spell my dad's name right at homecoming weekend, it's really sad, end quote. And I was thinking about all of these things, and I mean, just how ridiculous it is that all of these things were things with this game, and that not a single one of these things was surprising. The non-football stuff with the team is at a point to where we really have become desensitized to this stuff. And I don't want to say accepting of this stuff, but it's like we're not really moved By this stuff anymore. You know, same stuff, different day. That's now the reaction from a lot of commanders fans to the non-football stuff, including me, by the way. And I think that this maybe more than anything captures the degree to which things are so screwed up that all of these things happened with this game. And yet not a single one of the things was surprising or was really moving in any major way, because we're all just so used to all of this by now. None of this is normal, and yet this is our normal. None of this should be the case, and yet stuff like this seemingly is always the case. Any one of these things would be a huge deal for any other NFL team, but with our NFL team, because of everything going on, and because of for how long that everything has been going on, so few of these things register anymore. I mean, people do notice these things and people do talk about these things. I mean, it's not like these things were all ignored or anything like that. But people aren't noticing these things and talking about these things nearly to the degree that the things warrant. if you really think about these things. And I just wanted to acknowledge this because I find it funny and sad at the same time. Uh, I so hope that someday, somehow, some way, our NFL team is a normal, healthy, truly successful team with more wins than losses, and no scandals, and no investigations, and sold out home games with fans of the actual team, and popular owners and no embarrassing screw-ups like misspelled names. I so hope that someday, somehow, some way, those things are the case but that day quite clearly ain't here yet up next our special guest former old dominion head coach bobby wilder high level insight on taylor heineke including a very notable thing that taylor has been told by commander's offensive coordinator scott turner Well, as you surely know, internet security and privacy are big issues. A great way to ensure internet security and privacy is with a VPN. VPN stands for Virtual Private Network. A VPN is a tool that encrypts your internet traffic and hides your IP address and virtual location. A VPN significantly boosts your online privacy and security, and there's no VPN that's better than NordVPN. Uh, The setup is easy. The benefits are many. You can secure your online data from internet thieves and third parties. You won't need to worry about unsecure websites or unsecure apps anymore. You won't need to worry about being on public Wi-Fi anymore all of your internet traffic will be routed through a remote server. So you can access websites that are restricted in your country. You can have access to sports from all over the world and can have access to, say, not just the U.S. version of Netflix, but also the United Kingdom's version of Netflix. Uh, Also, NordVPN has a threat protection feature that'll mean that you no longer have to worry about intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, Threat protection kicks in and deletes the file before it makes a mess of your computer. And NordVPN allows you to secure up to six devices on one account. So here's what you do. Go to nordvpn.com slash algaldi to get your subscription started. You can receive a huge discount, a to your plan, and get a free month. That's nordvpn.com slash algaldi. There's a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. That's Nordvpn.com slash Algaldi. NordVPN.com slash Algaldi. Ratings and reviews help out the podcast a lot. You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated. And you on Apple Podcasts can write a brief review saying that you like the podcast and thank you for doing the ratings and reviews. Uh, It is hard to think of a crazier performance by a Washington quarterback in a game than Taylor Heideke's performance in the Commander's 23-21 win over the Green Bay Packers at FedEx Field this past Sunday afternoon. Taylor began the game just one of seven for just 18 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick six. But Taylor, over the rest of the game, 19 of 26 for 183 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions. He is the commander starting quarterback, at least for now, with Carson Wentz on the reserve injured list due to the fractured finger on his right hand that he suffered in the win at the Chicago Bears on Thursday Night Football in Week 6. And if Taylor plays well, I do think that he will remain as the commander starting quarterback, even once Carson is healthy. And head coach Rod Rivera, during his day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday morning, seemed to indicate that that is what he is thinking as well. A lot to be thinking about with Taylor Heineke right now, especially with the Commanders on a two-game winning streak and having this game at the Indianapolis Colts this Sunday afternoon at 425. And there's nobody better at talking Taylor Heineke than the man who joins me now, former Old Dominion football head coach Bobby Wilder. He was ODU's head coach from 2009 through 2019. He was Taylor Heineke's college head coach. Taylor was a quarterback for ODU from 2011 through 2014. It was with Coach Wilder and Taylor Heineke that ODU made the transition from the FCS to the FBS beginning with the 2013 season. It was with Coach Wilder that Heineke for the 2012 season won the Walter Payton Award as the best offensive player in the FCS. You can follow Coach Wilder on Twitter at CoachWilder353. Coach, it's great to talk to you again. How are you?
2: Living the dream, Al. Appreciate you uh, having me on and excited for uh, the Commanders and that big win over the Packers.
1: Yeah, that was some game. Uh, What the heck was going through your mind watching Taylor Heineke in the win over the Packers?
2: Well, I was a little bit concerned at the start because I knew he would be um, excited, emotional, the, the combination of, um, you know, the team that his best friend, his dad grew up loving. Taylor was a, you know, as a kid, he had a, a Brett Favre jersey, was a big fan. He watched Packers every Sunday with his dad. And the backstory for those that don't know, Taylor's freshman year at Old Dominion 2011, uh, we lost a playoff game at Georgia Southern and, That weekend, his father passed away suddenly from a heart attack and you know Taylor was back with us on campus. Didn't get to say goodbye to his dad and that really affected him emotionally. In fact, the next year, 2012, the year he won the Walter Payton Award, which is the equivalent of the Heisman Trophy in FCS football. Our first game, we're playing at home against Duquesne and we were down 20 to 10 at halftime. He threw a a pick six and he was going through all those emotions, first ever game playing without his dad. And then he comes out in the second half and throws five touchdown passes. And we win going away. So the backstory for me is I, I had a feeling that Stark could be difficult for him because the emotions of, you know, his dad and the childhood team and was just banking on the fact that he'd do in the second half against the Packers what he did for Old Dominion against Duquesne back in 2012.
1: Wow! Tremendous context from you on Taylor Heineke's performance in the win over the Packers. He made a number of big clutch throws as the game went on. Which throws impressed you the most?
2: Yeah, obviously the uh, the throw to McLaurin for the touchdown was uh, was clutch. There were a couple of third down throws earlier that I felt um, gave him some confidence in in the first half. Al, I've gone back and watched the game, but. What I could see in the first half is, uh, you know, obviously he was anxious, excited, but he missed four or five throws that I knew they were just from not playing in a competitive game for 10 months, um, not getting practice time with the ones, because as you know, Alan, the NFL, if you're the backup, you don't practice with the ones. Um, You get your stuff in in one-on-ones and routes on air, Um, maybe a little bit of scout team, but you just don't get the work, and I could just see um, he was getting stuck on his back foot. He wasn't able to work um, what he did this summer when he went to California. The the hip turn, which he tried to um, use to help develop arm strength and better accuracy, he was getting stuck on his back foot. And there were three or four throws over to the middle, a couple of McLaurin where he threw behind the receiver. And I knew he, he was just a little bit off. He, he just wasn't back to that game speed that you get when you started 16 consecutive games. So uh, I had a feeling he'd be much better in the second half with a combination of, of settling down emotionally and then being able to get his feet set, transfer his weight, and just be more comfortable with the speed of the game. And, and he did that in the second half. He looked really good in the second half.
1: Yeah, I wanted to ask you about Taylor Heineke's mechanics. He has talked about having worked on his throwing mechanics this past offseason in an effort to add more velocity to his throws. So you did see better mechanics from Taylor in the win of the Packers as the game went on? Yeah,
2: much, much better in the second half. There, there were a combination of a couple things in the first half, Al. It was um, being bothered a little bit by the interior rush that had him on his back foot or just being, just being off with the timing of the route, the depth of the route when things were breaking open um, and, and let's keep in mind I, I don't know if a lot of people were aware of this going in, the Packers had the number one pass defense in the NFL so that was a really good defense he was trying to throw the football against, so it was a combination of I think being a little rusty getting stuck on his back foot and then just trying to work out the timing with the receivers at, at that speed and that pace and That to me, Al, was the drastic difference in the second half. It wasn't, the Packers didn't do anything different. I mean, they're the best pass defense in the league, so they play their stuff. But he got more comfortable with the timing of the routes. Uh, He got more comfortable setting his feet. He made a couple really good throws off of movement, which is good for him. He's really good when he's on the move, when he breaks out of the pocket. So that was a much more comfortable Taylor Heineke in the second half than. Than what we saw in the first half, and let's not forget how his first drive started, I don't know, the one or the two-yard line. <laughs> so, uh,
1: that made it even a little bit more harder to get started. It's funny that you bring up the movement of Taylor Heineke. I was not a fan of how little we saw of Taylor on the move in the first half of the win over the Packers. Uh, we did see more of him on the move in the second half. One of the things about Taylor that you and I talked about last season was him being told not to run as much in an effort to keep him healthy, what are your impressions of the extent to which Taylor's mobility was a factor and was taken advantage of this past Sunday afternoon? I thought that more could have been done with his mobility, but what say you?
2: Yeah, we, he and I talked about that. He was down the previous weekend after, you know, they played out in Chicago and um, they had the weekend off. So he came down and, you know, to visit with some friends down here and he and I played golf on on Saturday and Sunday just had a lot of time to talk and conversate. It was so much fun. He had, you know, Logan Thomas FaceTimed him and, and Jonathan Payne hit him up. A lot of the guys had just heard the news that uh, he was going to start. And, and even Scott Turner reached out to him a couple times. They talked and texted. So that was, that was pretty exciting to just feel that vibe coming from the team. Not that they weren't supporting Carson are happy with him but you know those guys battled with Taylor for a lot of time last year and they, they respect him and appreciate his style so we had a lot of conversations about the movement aspect of it the movement in the pocket um, feeling more comfortable with with Scott Scott having more trust in him allowing to to have some input um, with what they're doing during the week game planning the, the ability I think Ron might have even said this in one of his press conferences, the ability to check plays uh, if he needed it, so it's going to take a minute for him and Scott to get back together on exactly what they like and what they want to call, but I do feel like um, Scott is going to try to do more and some different things this year than maybe uh, he did last year for and with Taylor, and I do feel like this year, Al, that uh, Taylor's going to get some more input moving forward on, on what he likes as they prep their game plan during the weeks.
1: That's good to hear. Uh, that is, in fact, very encouraging to hear. A popular question has been whether the 2022 Commanders are better off at quarterback with Taylor Heineke than they are with Carson Wentz. Uh, what is your answer to that question?
2: I, I don't know if there is a a right answer to that, Al, because, um, they're different. They're different around the quarterback this year. Um, you know, unfortunately, Dotson's a little banged up with that hamstring right now. I mean, the young man had four touchdown catches and, uh, in the first five weeks. So there's an incredible weapon. And, um, and the and the other receivers just they look really good to me right now. I mean, obviously McLaurin's a an all pro, but but Samuel looks really good to me right now. Having having Gibson and, and McKissick, for, Taylor loves to throw the ball to those guys. He's Taylor's so excited about Robinson. He feels like Robinson brings a different element, and you know Cam Sims is a solid player. Um, obviously, Taylor has such a good rapport and personal relationship with. Logan Thomas he can't wait to get him back. So uh, it's hard for me to answer your question. Obviously I have a bias Al, but they're just so different at the skill. I feel like they're so much more explosive and there's so many more weapons than last year. I, I remember talking to Taylor last year, Alan. He felt like there were times when he'd want to go to McLaurin but uh, you know the coverage would get rolled to him or or uh, you know a Nickel safety would would rob him Underneath the route with a corner over the top, and you know Taylor's hopeful as am I, and all Commanders fans that that's not going to happen as much to Terry this year, where you roll a coverage to him or, or you play an inside out on him with a nickel because there's four or five other guys out there right now that that can also be explosive.
1: We're talking Taylor Heineke and Commanders with Taylor's collegiate head coach, former Old Dominion head coach Bobby Wilder. Ron Rivera, during his day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday morning, was asked about a scenario in which Taylor Heineke plays well and Carson Wentz is healthy, and what Ron would do then at quarterback. Uh, Ron gave a not answer answer quote: "I think this is about playing one game at a time, focusing." On one game at a time, and when we get to that position, then I'll deal with it, end quote. What do you make of what Ron said there?
2: Well, as a head coach for 13 years, Al, I can tell you I know exactly what Ron was thinking, and I would have given that exact same answer. You cannot put yourself in a position right now as a head coach who's got, uh, and trust me, guys guys know what everybody else is making in the league. They know Carson Wentz was making $30 million, and they went two and four with him. They know Taylor Heinecke's making $1.5 million and they're now one and all with him. Uh, he's popular in the locker room for a combination of number things, Al. Num- number one, as you know, the backup is always the popular guy. Uh, number two, if you've played the way Taylor has and you've played hurt and your first experience with those guys in the locker room, genuine game experience was the playoff game against. Tampa Bay where he went in in the third quarter and took a shot to come out and play and, and dove and hit the pylon and, and picked himself off the turf. And then the guys go into the offseason with that with that memory of Taylor Heineke. Um, I can tell you this, offensive linemen and defense as a whole love a quarterback that will sacrifice his body for the team. Offensive coaches may not like it because they don't want to lose their guy, but he, he's a guy that has galvanized that locker room. Um, you and I both know that even though they're professionals, they're still human beings. So there's an emotional element to what's going on in that locker room right now. And those guys like playing with him. They like the fact that he will go out and he'll sacrifice himself for the betterment of the team. He'll, he'll hang in the pocket and take a shot like he did on that that last throw to McLaurin that, that got him the first down right before the, the two-minute drive, he had a 320-pound defensive line barreling down on him. He didn't throw it away. He waited and and took the shot. So they they see that. These guys are professionals. And I think Charles Leno, the, the left tackle, said it best. He's a guy that we respect because of his effort, um, his toughness, and that gives him a genuine um, appreciation from the team. And Ron's very aware of that. And Carson's the guy that went two and four and got hurt. and's making all the money. So Ron's got to be really careful right now with what he says. And, you know, from when Carson comes back, Al, that's a long time. I mean, something could happen to, to Taylor. I, I hope it doesn't. I hope he stays healthy. But I know when I texted with him after the game, his body was beat up. He was headed for the training room on Monday. So uh, there's a lot of football to be played before Carson comes back. And I think Ron gave the exact answer you have to give as a head
1: coach. Hearing you say what you just said reminded me of something that has been out there about Taylor Heineke, that he, even during his time as a backup this season, has talked to teammates both offensive and defensive players, and has acted like a leader i'm guessing that you're not surprised by that yeah he
2: was he was that way for us at Old dominion he was a a captain of our team he was a guy that uh, and this is just a little thing that maybe fans don't recognize but when when they score a touchdown he's he goes to the o lineman first you know he'll go congratulate whoever caught the touchdown but he's He's always going to those guys first. He makes a point uh, to talk about his offensive line. He made a point in his press conference after the game that, you know, he only got sacked one time and how good those guys played. So when you're an offensive lineman and usually, you know, the O-line coach and your mother are the only two people that watch you during the game, you appreciate it when your quarterback, um, recognizes you and talks about you. So, uh, and that stuff he and I always talked about in college, you know, I always promoted that you have to have that relationship with those guys. Cause those are the guys that are physically laying it on the line to protect you every play. And he understands that he recognizes that he knows those guys personally. He knows about their families. He's very much respectful and appreciative and, um, That's something you have to do as a quarterback. You better have that offensive line uh, with you or it's going to be really challenging to have success.
1: No doubt. Uh, Another item in the Taylor Heineke conversation is the fact that he is set to be an unrestricted free agent this coming offseason. I would think that that's something that he is aware of, uh, that he during this run as the commander starting quarterback is playing for a contract either with the commanders or another NFL team.
2: Oh, absolutely, Al. He is—he is very much aware of it. He and I talked about it in the offseason right after they signed Carson and they drafted Sam Howell. I mean, that's—that was pretty clear writing on the wall for him to—to to see and understand. And and he is—and and I want to be clear on this, Al. He is very respectful, appreciative to to Scott Turner, number one, because he's been with him in Minnesota, Carolina, and now Washington. Um, Scott Turner is the one that he's the reason why Taylor got pulled off his sister's couch in Atlanta when he was taking online classes at Old Dominion back in 2020. So he's grateful to those guys. He's grateful for the opportunity, but he also understands the business side of of this profession. And he knows, and uh, Terry McLaurin said it best in post-game press conference, Taylor plays like every game's his last game. He's very much aware that every throw, every drive, every series, every quarter, every half, every game, He's being evaluated because he's not a lock to stay in this, this league. He's not a lock. The National Football League stands for not very long, and he is very much aware of that. So he's playing to, for those guys in the locker room, the coaching staff, the commanders help this team win, but he's also trying to put himself in a good position so he can stay in the NFL.
1: One more for you. So you know not just Taylor Heineke well, but also the commanders as a whole well. Uh, What are the keys to offensive success for the commanders with Taylor as their starting quarterback moving forward?
2: Well, number one, the way their defense is playing right now, and trust me, Taylor is very aware of this defensive performance. Let's keep in mind, last year, Al, this was the 25th ranked defense in the league and the worst defense on third down. Now, granted, there were a lot of injuries, guys banged up last year. That that front is is healthy right now, other than than Chase Young, who hopefully will be back soon. That front is playing phenomenal football. It's taking a lot of pressure off the back, so he's very aware of that, Alan. The reason I say that, he knows he's got to do a great job protecting the football, not turning the ball over. Um, you know, on third and fifteen, if he needs to take a five down five yard check down, and add five yards to to Tress uh, to to the punt, uh, that that's a win right now because the punter is unbelievable. The punter is such a weapon. So my point being, Al, he understands complementary football right now. He understands that not turning the ball over and and giving the other team's offense an 80-yard field is also critical to winning football right now. He'll keep playing that way. He'll keep trying to protect the ball, find a way to move the chains. He'll spread the ball around. He'll take the check down to the backs. He'll take the shots down the field when he can, but he is very much aware right now, Al, that they're playing really good team football, and he needs to keep finding ways to protect the ball and just move the chains. Try to get a couple first downs every drive and keep playing smart field position football.
1: All right. Bobby Wilder, former Old Dominion head coach. He was Taylor Heineke's collegiate head coach. Coach, I always enjoy having Jan. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure, Al. Anytime, and go Commanders. Yes, sir. Up next, I'm talking Wizards, Uh, a blowout victory for the Wizards on Tuesday night. More good defense for the Wiz on Tuesday night, but also multiple key players dealt with injury.
2: We're driven
0: by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
1: A dominant win for the Wizards on Tuesday night, although not necessarily a comfortable win for the Wizards as they dealt with some injury issues. Uh, But the Wizards improved to 3-1, a 120-99 win over the Detroit Pistons at Capital One Arena. The Wizards never trailed in the second half, went into the game without a key player, then nearly lost their most important player, And then did lose another key player. Uh, So Corey Kispert remains out for the Wizards. He did not play for a fourth time in as many games in the 2022-2023 regular season due to a sprained left ankle. Bradley Beal left the game. Uh, He dealt with back tightness. He did end up returning to the game. Beale ultimately played for just 21 minutes, 49 seconds. He went one of four on threes, three of five on twos, and four of four on free throws. Finished with 13 points, six assists versus two turnovers, and four rebounds. And he was part of another good defensive performance by the Wizards. So I do give Bradley Beal credit. He obviously was not 100%, but he came back into the game and uh, did end up playing well. But DeLon Wright left the game due to a hamstring ailment, and he did not return to the game. Uh, Wright played for 16 minutes, four seconds off the bench. He was good. Five points, four steals, three assists versus no turnovers. Here was Wizards head coach Wes Unsell Jr. during his post-game press conference on Tuesday night on Bradley Beal and DeLon Wright.
4: Brad was uh, just had some bite back tightness. Um, Obviously, we're able to return, so we'll have to just monitor, see where he is, and thankfully we have uh, a couple days to kind of get on the mend, get right. DeLon, uh, right now, we'll call it uh, hamstring tightness. I don't have uh, an idea yet of the severity, but obviously he was forced to leave the game, so it's a bit of a concern.
1: All right. So the Wizards in this game got banged up, but they did win by 21 points. Uh, the Wizards again played good defense, held the Pistons to just 8-28 on threes, held the Pistons to just 28-60 on twos. And a major part of all of this was Denny Abdia, who again guarded the opposing team's best offensive player this time, Cade Cunningham, Uh, Avdia in every game for the Wizards in this regular season has guarded the opposing team's best offensive player. Uh, Denny Avdia in this game was on Cade Cunningham and Cunningham in 32 minutes, one second as a starter, 0-2 on threes, a mere 7-of-17 on twos, uh, it is really impressive the extent to which the Wizards are leaning on Denny Avdia as a defensive stopper. Uh, Avdia on Tuesday night, 26 minutes, 50 seconds as a starter. What a three on threes, finished with nine points, seven rebounds, two assists versus no turnovers, two blocks, and a plus-minus rating of plus 12. The Wizards for the 2022-2023 regular season so far are number seven in the NBA in team defensive rating, which is points allowed per 100 possessions, per NBA.com, this was Wes Unseld Jr. during his postgame press conference on Tuesday night on the Wizards' defense in this game.
4: Uh, I thought we were cleaner with our coverage, um, and then more so second half than first. There were a lot of game plan errors that I thought allowed um, Detroit to hang around. We, we were up, you know, and that, that game could have gone to 20, and it, they cut it back to 10. It's so just the, having the discipline to stay the course, make sure we're communicating at a high rate. We're all in sync and locked in. Um, it's going to happen, but you know, let's try to minimize those stretches as best we can.
1: As for the Wizards' offense on Tuesday night, Wiz wench is 10-33 of 33 on threes, but did go 34-52 of 52 on twos, outscored the Pistons in the paint 54-44. The Wizards so far have been good at generating paint points. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, on Tuesday night, 27 minutes, 24 seconds as a starter, 25 points and six rebounds. Now, he did go 0-5 on threes, did have one assist versus three turnovers, but he also went 9-12 on twos, 7 of 7-8 on free throws, had a game-best plus-minus rating of plus 23. Chris Stapps-Porzingis, 25 minutes, 18 seconds as a starter, 2-4 of 4 on threes, 6-9 on twos, 2-2 on free throws. He finished with 20 points, seven rebounds, including four offensive boards and two assists, versus three turnovers. Will Barton had a really nice game. Uh, he played a good bit with Bradley Beal being limited due to the back tightness. Barton on Tuesday night, 29 minutes, 10 seconds off the bench, four of six on threes, two of three on twos. He finished with 16 points, four assists versus one turnover, two steals, and a plus minus rating of plus 18. Here was Wes Unsell Jr. during his postgame press conference on Tuesday night on Will Barton
4: gives us a lot of comfort i mean yeah you never want to be without brad you know for for a long stretch but he's a guy that you can play through and he can create his own offense um you know he, he's pretty good in the open floor playing pick and rolls. so there's a comfort level with having another facilitator playmaker ball handler on the floor uh who can create offense and it does take some pressure off of brad and of course gives us a little um parity with that second group
1: yeah, so the Wizards acquired Will Barton and Monte Morris via a trade with the Denver Nuggets this past July 6th. Uh, Monte Morris on Tuesday night, 29 minutes, 38 seconds as a starter. Went just one of four on threes and just two of four on free throws, but also two of four on Tuesday, finished with nine points, six assists versus no turnovers, six rebounds, and a plus-minus rating of plus 19. And maybe the biggest sign of all that the Wizards won in a rout on Tuesday night was that Johnny Davis played. Uh, Yeah, you heard that right. Johnny Davis played. He actually got playing time. Uh, Johnny Davis, who the Wizards took with the number 10 pick in the 2022 NBA draft, had been a DNP CD, did not play due to coach's decision in each of the Wizards' first three games in this regular season. and In fact, Wes Unsell Jr., prior to the game, talked about Johnny Davis perhaps being sent to play in the NBA G League. Uh, But the nature of this game was such that Wes ended up emptying his bench and Johnny Davis played for two minutes, 54 seconds off the bench on Tuesday night. Uh, Next up for the Wizards, home to the Indiana Pacers, Friday night at 7.30. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Algaldi. You can email me, the Algaldi Podcast at Yahoo.com. Thursday show, episode four hundred and thirty, will include a lot on the three and four Commanders, as they on Wednesday are beginning their practice week for this Sunday afternoon's game at the three three and one Indianapolis Colts at four twenty five. We'll have the first injury report for the game. Also, we expect post practice press conferences on Wednesday for head coach Rod Rivera and quarterback Taylor Heineke. Also on Thursday's show, college football: a Goldilocks preview and pick for Virginia Tech, which has a game on Thursday night. Hokies at number twenty four, NC State. Thursday night at 7.30. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll talk to you on Thursday. First off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody.
5: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.